Welcome to Dominion Sonship Live. Here we go once again. Once again, we are live and we are of the living. And so I have my mics on. Yes, amen. Ah, we're going to walk on the water today again. We have to walk on the water again. I was meditating uh, the message that I spoke on last week. Last week's message really apprehended me, as really every message that, that comes out apprehends me and, and really keeps me through the week in, in meditation before God uh, in terms of the truth that he released through the word of God. And so I often go back to those verses and I, I stay in them and I stay and I ponder on the utterance that came forth. And I, I, I allow it to wash over me and I, I allow the word to renew my own mind so that I'll continue strong in this walk of faith, that I'll continue strong in this path of righteousness for his namesake, for his namesake. And so as I was apprehended and meditating the message from Sunday coming into this week, of course, into this Sunday, I um, knew the next phase of teaching was going to be from 1 Peter 1, 3, that we are born again to a living hope through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I, 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 I taught... Um, on help is the word hope earlier on in dominion sonship and i believe it's it's a series of five the first four might be on on um, audio actually everything will be on audio but i think the last two might be on video that's kind of how we started the live streaming the video live streaming with that teaching on hope and um i would encourage actually i i, I tried started listening to it and i i didn't want to um, I didn't want to go back in a sense and um, get situated in that flow when I had a sense that he wanted to move it a little further. And so I've been very mindful to stay in the verses that he's given for right now. And, and there's a great overlapping. But one of the verses that really came out strong in when I first spoke on this message, of course, on living hope, is in first Peter, in first Peter, let's go there and then I'll tell you how he built this message from here. The title for this message is Living Proof. Mm. Living Proof. Living Proof is proof that is of life and that leads unto life. Versus dead proof, can I say dead religion, that leads to death, dead works, deadness, versus the works of faith that are alive and that would stand the testings of time and based on these works of faith that we have yielded to here on earth, there will be rewards given to us on the other side, past the judgment seat of Christ. So that which I speak is not inconsequential to our daily living. Living proof versus dead reality. Let's go. This is how it came. First Peter 1. And I was meditating this verse, uh, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be 
the Pontiot, the only high priest. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of our high priest, the Father of glory, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy, according to his abundant mercy, not vengeful wrath, but according to this great benevolence, for God is love, has begotten us again, has snatched us out of the kingdom of darkness, has begotten us again to a living hope. We are born again to a living hope, a living hope. A hope, that word was expectation, that word was trust and confidence, a living confidence, a living faith, a living persuasion based on the living word of God. I don't want to get carried too much into, into the message, to the midpoint. I want to start and, and trust God to build it to there. Has begotten us again to a living hope through through, how did we get born again to this living hope? How did he beget us again to a living hope? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. There's nothing dead about Christianity. There's nothing dead about the church of the firstborn. There's nothing dead about the ecclesia, this ruling body of Christ on earth. We are the living ones because we are born through the resurrection that he stood up from the midst of the dead and he walked out into newness of life. He himself became brand new, Born again, the first one to come back to life. And so because of his resurrection, we now are born again to a living hope. The very resurrection that he attained, that he was raised by, we are living in it now. We are far above the doom and the gloom of, of, of forbearance that's evil of carnal minds and worldly affairs. When will we walk in that place of dominion, which is the walk of faith? Not a pretense, not a pretense, not a desire to be so and so and a little ahead in my life. No, about a persuasion that is based on the reality of the word of God. Based on the reality of the word of God. To loosen this carnal thought, to unpin us from this low, low place of just solely earthly existence and to know that we walk now as the sons of the living God that we walk now as the redeemed as the purchased ones not to linger in the shadows of doubt and unbelief and woe is me believing a lie believing a lie a false proof believing falseness why? Because we choose not to come back 
to the word of God and thus renew our minds. Yes, it's a choice. Yes, it's a choice. It is a fight of faith to come every day before the living word and bow the knee in submission and say, not my own carnal understanding and religious upbringing, but you, Father, through the word, you have regenerated me unto newness of life. And so let this word wash me clean again. There's another cute little anthem. Cute little confession. Cute little experience. Well, it makes me feel good. We are about transformation. We are about picking up the cross of Christ daily and living the life of glory. That looks like a fight of faith. That looks like one that is more than a conqueror. That looks like one that refuses to stay put in the shackles of, you, you can fill the blanks. Not good enough. Not enough. We'll never make it. No one likes me. But we have a living hope. Last week's message. Cue it up and listen to it. I highly encourage you. And the one before that, the one before that as well, never disappointed. Actually, it was a week prior to that, but the one before was hoping God does not disappoint. And so let's put our eyes back to, on 1 Peter 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And look, look at this living hope that we're being born into, this new life that we have now. It is to an inheritance, to an inheritance, incorruptible, incorruptible. And undefiled, not touched by the world and carnality, undefiled by sin, undefiled and that does not fade away. This is what we're born into as children of God. We read these verses and I don't know what we think about these verses. Oh, yeah. One day, maybe, maybe, oh, what a good little story. Makes me feel good for the moment. And then you turn around and there is the problem of the day facing you and staring you down. And before you know it, you're running with that old buddy, the problem. Trying to fix it and figure it out. But we have an inheritance that never fades away. What am I talking about? I'm talking about a fight of faith. Based on living proof that we already are born again because we have received him as the son of the living God. And because we have acknowledged his lordship in our lives, we are not our own anymore. And can I say one more thing? We're no men's anymore either. 
We don't belong to man. We belong to God. We don't belong to a dead structure and dead tradition. We belong to the living God and the living word that is escorting us within this throng of multitudes of those that are born again. An hour. This is an hour like no other hour we have lived in. An hour of greatness. The greatness of the word of God. For greater is he that is in me. This living hope. This living proof. Than the lie that's outside. Stout against us. And so I was meditating from here, living hope. And just before the Lord, knowing that there's a message coming up this Sunday. And as I meditated living hope, he turned the words on me. He changed it up on me. I kept saying living hope, living hope. And then he said living proof, living proof. Living proof. And as I, as I caught what he was saying, oh, oh, what a shift in my own heart. We have living proof through the incorruptible living word of God. Let's go to Hebrews 11.1. I don't think we're ever going to leave Hebrews 11.1 alone. Because it's not supposed to be left alone. It's supposed to be living in us. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence. The evidence. This is the word. The proof of things not seen. What is your proof? That which you see. That which you feel, that which you're undergoing, what is your proof of reality? As a Christian, we only are supposed to have one proof, the word of God. That is the proof that we have. That is the evidence that we have and the assurance of things not seen. Further down, the Holy Spirit pens and says in that verse 3, So the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Faith is proof of the invisible reality of thus says the Lord. We looked at the first part of Hebrews 11.1, 1, the hypostasis word, that's the substance of things hoped for. So now let's look at the second part to this, the evidence of things not seen. I want to go to the concordance here. Strong's again. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the assurance, that was hypostasis, of what we hope for, elpis, what we expect, what we trust, what we have confidence in. 
and the certainty. That's the word. Proof. It's also persuasion, conviction of what we do not see. So when the Lord spoke to me as I was meditating the word living, hope, in light of the reality of this trust that we have in God, this unshakable assurance that we have in God like Father Abraham, on the heels of that meditation, he spoke to me living proof. You see, Abraham had living proof that he will have a son. What was his living proof? The Lord speaking to him that you will be a father of many nations. That statement, that word from the invisible God birth faith, that was the assurance. That's what faith is. Faith is proof. It's evidence. Do you hold it? Do you have it? You are supposed to say, yes, I do. I'm born again to this living hope. This Greek word is 1650. Elekos. Uh, I don't know how to read it. <laughs> E-L-E-G-C-H-O-S. But it is a persuasion, a proof. The, the word study of it, it is this word proof, this word evidence, this word conviction is an inner conviction, inner convi conviction that focuses on God confirming his inbirthing of faith. It is his inner conviction that focuses on God confirming his inbirthing of faith. The internal persuasion from him. The internal persuasion from him. His word. His word is my proof. His word is my proof. His word is alive. His word is living. And therefore I have living proof today and so do you in Christ have living proof what of what of what of having overcome it all because you're born again living proof of what that you're gonna make it strong to the end because you choose to engage with the word of God Living proof of what? That you are his child. That you're the loved son of God. That you're the loved offspring of God. That you're birth of God because of his great mercy towards us. He begot us again to a living hope through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did he raise from the dead? Yes. Well, then we are born again. Well, then we're no longer just mere humans. Well, then we're not just to live a mere human life. Well, then we're not supposed to be troubled with the affairs of the world and my daily existence of how I'm going to make it tomorrow. When you start breaking it down, it starts hitting home a little deeper. It starts bringing conviction. That proof is a conviction. Oh, I need to line up. 
Let's go back to the word of God. What does the word of God say? I'm an overcomer. I'm the healed child of God. I'm the loved offspring of my heavenly father. I'm desired by him. He foreknew me to be before him in love. I'm his. I'm not my own. I live life before God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God who is our God. He is our living proof that we are loved today. I got so excited. Living proof. I have living proof. That if God before me, what can be against me? I have living proof that he has already planned out a glory divine. For me to walk out on earth. Let's go to Romans 15. We read this verse last week. We read it again. Romans 15, 4. In light of what brings forth hope in God that does not disappoint. And now we can see that this living hope that is in birthed faith in us is alive. Alive. Life-giving to us. Verse 4 in Romans 15. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning the we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures. The we through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Might have hope. Through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. What does Paul tell Timothy? Or, or you can write it down. If you have a moment to leave, you can. It's in um, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verse 16, all scripture, all scripture that gives us comfort, all scripture through whose patience now faith comes alive. Paul tells here to Timothy, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is God breathed, inspired by God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. That's, that's the conviction of it. That's the correction of it. Through this conviction, through this correction, through this reproof that we have in the word of God, we have a living reality that he himself lives in us now. And his desire is that we grow up in this conviction. That we grow up in this living proof. That we be immovable in this hour. That we stand strong for God in that which God approves, which is life. Divine purpose. 
The callings of God not to be aborted. And I'm not just talking about natural abortion, which we stand against that. But young lives are already are on earth. They're filled with callings of God. For those not to be maligned and distorted and twisted and discarded. We'll give an accountability to the living God of how we stood in this hour for our nation. How we stood in our hour for God and his precepts. And even if we live another hundred years, nothing but a vapor it is. Before not too long, we'll stand and give an account. That's to bring sobriety to your life and my life. Did we allow this God-breathed word of God? You know, we sing some song, I want your breath, God, the breath of God. Well, the word of God is the breath of God. The word of God is the very living presence of God on earth through the Spirit, who is now teaching us the Word of God. This scripture that is God-breathed, inspired by God, is profitable for doctrine, for how you think, for how you live your life. Profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete. I feel incomplete. I feel so busted. I feel so messed up. My life's broken. Let's go back to the word. In this word that is God breathe, there is wholeness. There is, there is completion, a seizing of striving of a natural man. To want to prove a point of how amazing of a Christian you are today. We are amazing because he's made us amazing. In his very sight, we live and dwell. And move and have our being in him we are today. And it's no longer our life. It's his life we're living. The amazing life of God. The living life of God based on this living proof of the word of God. So the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work, for every good work. Peter, let's go back to Peter. I, I'm, I might be all over the word today with the verses, but that's okay. You can pen them down and then go back in your own private moment and meditate those verses. Peter tells us, a profound truth. I've read this verse so often. First Peter 120. 120. Well, is it 22? Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, his word is truth. 
Since we have purified our souls, our minds, our wills, our emotions are purified solely by the word of God. Solely by the word of God. Through the Spirit. Through the Spirit. In sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, not of perishable seed, not of things that fade away, but incorruptible through the word of God. I know that, Desi. Well, we need to know a little better this, Desi. Even Desi, even I daily have to come back to the reality of my new birth. It is only through the word of God that I can make any understanding of my life. And therefore, I will acknowledge everything that is good within me, that is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Lest I be caught in a snare and believe a lie, a false witness and thus bear a false witness against my God. Well, you never know, maybe this suffering. Well, you never know, maybe this situation. You know, I'm learning a lesson. You never know, and yet I myself have to come back to know. It's not you never know. We have the Holy Spirit within us, the discloser of truth that leads me into truth, and I am, I am his little Baba sheep. And I know my master's voice, and I follow his instruction. There's no such thing, you just never know. We choose to never know. We choose to come back to, oh, well, you know, it's too hard to understand the Bible. It's too hard to understand the Bible. Well, we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit that leads us into this God-inspired word. And so we are born of incorrupt, not of, not of corruptible seed, but the incorruptible seed through the word of God, which abides forever. And last week I finished off that reading verse 24 regarding the word of God abiding forever, but the pride of man withers. Just like the flowers of the field, field wither. In Hebrews 4, so we're beginning to get into this living proof of the word of God that is within us now because we recognize we are born of the word of God. Because we're born again to this inheritance that is incorruptible because it's of the word of God. It's not solid. Not perishable. We have an eternal, eternal glorious life that we're living out right now. Through the word of God. Hebrews 4. Who is the word of God? Verse 11, let us therefore be diligent, be diligent. Diligence is required. Not a lazy man's gospel. 
I am just too tired to read tonight. It was just a very busy day for me. Tomorrow, maybe I'll read the Bible. Tomorrow comes, yeah, another very busy, busy, busy day. Full of cares. How about we say that? I'm full of cares. And I choose not to give him any time. Uh, yes. Yes. Oh, for truth to be spoken from the pulpits. The truth of the word of God to bring forth conviction to all of our hearts. Not a condemnation, but an exaltation of a reality. We are born again to an incorruptible reality that is not sully, and therefore we ought to be never afraid of that which is corruptible that's found in the world. Let us be diligent to enter that rest, the rest of faith, lest anyone fall short or lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience like the Israelites did. Though they walked in the demonstration of the voice of God through those miracles that they saw, and yet they hardened their heart because, you know, they knew too much now. They got it down now. They escaped Egypt. It's all good now. But then the soon, as soon as the trouble came back to Egypt, they wanted to go. And they refused to let Egypt go. Unrenewed minds. Stuck on traditions. How it was. But the word of God, let's see what the word is. Verse 12, for the word of God is living and powerful. This is what we are born of. Living and powerful. This is when Peter says the incorruptible seed of God, living, powerful seed of the word of God. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and joints and marrow, and is a discerner. You want to have a keen eye in the spirit, stay in the word, that the word is a discerner. Of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eye of him. The eyes of him to whom we must give account. That Hebrews 4. I had it queued up. I'll redo it. Hebrews 4. 11. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. That's the NIV. The new living. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israelite, Israel did, we will fall. 
we will fall. Our keeping is found in the word of God. He establishes me in Christ in his word. Verse 12, let's read the New Living. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. We're born of this sharpness. There's nothing dull about us. There's nothing dull about us because we're born of the sharpness of the word of God. We do have the mind of Christ, the alertness of the master. Sharper than the sharpest, the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. There's nothing like the word revealing to you your motives. And we thank God for those unveilings. The new American, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, even penetrating, even penetrating as far as a division of soul and spirit. As far as a division of soul and spirit. So when you hear someone speak, you know, you know. If it's the voice of God, of spirit, of his spirit, or if it's of their soul, of their emotions, soulish desires. Both, back to even penetrating as far as the division of spirit and soul, of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Let's look at the words in the Strong's Concordance. The word of God is living. That word living, hmm. zao, you can hear the word zoa in it. 2198, to live, <laughs> to experience God's gift of life. The word of God lives. And it gives us the experience of his life. You want an experience with God? <laughs> Read your Bible. That word, zalo, that the word is living, it is to live, to experience God's gift of life. The word gives us the utmost experience of he himself. Dominion on earth is his word. Active, the word is living and active. I love this. I love this. 1756, energes. It means at work, active. The way it's used is to be effective. The word is living and also effective. <laughs> it's not an idle moment of just being alive and doing nothing. Effective, productive of due result at work. See, his word is working within us. 
by the power of the Holy Spirit to bring forth this mind renewal, this transformation, this adjustment and realignment of every thought to match the word of God. So we be doers of truth. How? By allowing the word to do through us, to do this effective work for the kingdom of God. It's no longer what you can do with your natural little hands. We say it so much. Galatians 2, no longer I, but Christ in me. The life I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. By the faith of the Son of God, which is born of the Word of God, that gives me living proof of a reality. Faith is the reality of this Word. That I can, oh, I can overcome every moment. That every moment is lining up and coming into alignment with the will of God for my life. And that which is of Satan, I resist steadfast in the faith based on a living proof that if God be for me, who can be against me? If the word says I'm whole, then nothing broken can stay on me. If the word says I'm of him, then, then, then I know who I'm of. I'm not of the world. How does it look like when one walks this reality out? Very passionate, very extreme, and it's a marvel. A marvel to see truth walked out. The word study of this, the word is active. Energized, full of energy, full of energy. His word is my divine energy. His word is my productivity. His word is my efficiency. See, when you're persuaded by truth, truth is becoming, becoming you. And as truth is, is, is given room to live through you, it's energizing you and moving you forward in the plan of God. When you have a conviction of this living proof, when you have this assurance of this evidence that you do not see with natural eyes, you at that moment reliving from a whole different realm. It's a realm of glory. It's from above. It's from above. It's from above. And when you stay in that above place of persuasion, it is displacing the lower. It's making a way for you to walk in the reality of God within you. That is what a child of God looks like. One that possesses this fire of the word of God, this living proof that never perishes, never fades away. It is assured, assured, assured. It's based on the blood of Christ. It's based on the body of the Lord Jesus Christ because he, the word, became flesh and shed blood and broke his body for us. This is the communion cup of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the very cup that he decided to wash walk in and to choose to drink off. Not my will, he cried in the garden of Gethsemane. 
but thy will. Why can he, how can he say that? Knowing that death, death was on the other side of that, compliance with the perfect will of God to be a living sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb of God, pure and defiled. How can Jesus bow the knee in that garden and shed, shed those drops of blood? He turned to drops of blood. And intensity of intensity because he had living proof. He knew. He knew the Father is well pleased with him. And he was called for this very hour. To demonstrate the very love of God, for God so loved the world, he gave his son. So on the other side of that, there will be many brethren. Many brethren. The body of Christ, us now. That we are now to be fully persuaded with our living proof. And to what? To rule and reign in the spirit. To rule and reign in the spirit and to declare the manifold wisdom of God to the angels even. Say what? I'm not a victim. Say what? I'm not subject to the worldly ways and establishment. Say what? Yes. We're talking about living proof, a reality that is not of the earth. Not of the earth. Not of the earth. Let's go to John 20. Want to go to John 20? We're going to John 20, buddy. Let's go to John 20. The very words of Jesus here. But really it was spurred by someone's unbelief. Thomas. Verse Let's start, let's start, let's start 24. I really want to go a little bit lower, but let's go 24. Now Thomas called the twin. One of the 12 was not with them when Jesus came, the first appearing when Jesus came. He came to them in verse 19 when the, the doors were locked and they were afraid of their life, for their lives. And he came and, and spoke peace to, peace to them and breathed the Holy Spirit. Um, and really commissioned them with a sending out. But here in verse 24, Thomas called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. We've seen the Lord. He said to them, Unless I see, unless I see his hands, the print of the nails, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails. I, was, I, I, I've been, I read this and I'm like, how much unbelieving is one to want to do this? Not just to see the print of the nails, but to put my finger in it. I got to feel it. I got to touch it. I got to have it. I, I want to really know. I really want to know. I, I want to experience this. The word of testament, not good enough, but I, I want to, I want to put my finger right there. 
and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. This is the very mercy of God that Paul Peter said to us, according to his mercies, his begottenness again to a living hope, to rescue us from this doubt and unbelief. that leads to death, but now we have living hope unto life. Thomas was with them now, and Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst of, in the midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger, oh, what mercy. Reach your finger here and look at my hands, and reach your hand here. Put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Have faith in God. Have faith in me also, Jesus said in, in John. Earlier in, in, 14, in 14, was it? Yeah. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God, this is the one we're talking about. That he has given his body and shed his blood as living proof, faith in that which he has done for us. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. But I'm going a little further down. Verse 30. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples. But listen here. Which are not written in this book. But, verse 31. But these are written, but these are written, the word written, but these are written that you may believe. That word, that word comes from the word faith, pistis, that you may believe, that you might have faith that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing, and that believing, this faith persuasion, and that believing you may have life in his name. We are talking about a living proof based on that which is written. Based on that which is written. And that's exactly what Paul told the Romans in chapter 15, right? What did he say? I'll read it again here in verse 4. Whatever these things, and, and for whatever these things were written before, were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, this living, living proof, might have hope, might have hope. So Jesus here is speaking to Thomas and really to all of us. Blessed are you 
when you believe the unseen reality of my word. Stop looking for another sign. Stop running for another little experience to put faith in your heart. Faith solely comes through the hearing of the word of God. Romans 10. Romans 10. We're talking about living proof. A reality that is only encountered in the word of God. Where did we say we're going? Where did we say we're going, guys? <laughs> Romans 10. <laughs> Thank you. Romans 10. 17. So then. So then. Hmm. Let's go 14. Now then. Shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Faith always comes through the hearing, the hearing of faith. How will they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? And that's what Jesus did to those disciples when he first appeared to them. He said, just as the Father has sent me, so do I send you in the world. In John 20, in John 20, 22, the end of that, says, receive the Holy Spirit in verse, well, wait, sorry, verse 21. But Jesus said to them again, peace to you as the Father has sent me, I also send you. This is a sending of God to preach the word of God, to preach the testimony of Jesus that they had encountered, that they knew firsthand. So much so that John at the end in, in, in his little epistles there, in John 1, in 1 John 1, he says, it's fine, 1 John. Keep your finger in Romans if you don't mind that. You know how we read last week from Matthew, but also it's in, um, in Luke and I believe in Mark as well, the um, John the Baptist talking of Jesus, saying of Jesus that he is one, the one that's coming after John the Baptist is more powerful than John the Baptist. Even that word is actually, it's good to look it up in the Greek concordance. You may in your own time do that. The reference is, in, I think, in Mark... Um, Mark 1.8, but also in Matthew 3.11. The, the one coming after John the Baptist was more powerful than John the Baptist, whose sandals he could not carry. And we talked about that flesh and carnal mind cannot really touch the power of the word of God without a renewing of the mind. And that only comes, of course, after the new birth, after the new birth, because we're born now of this word of incorruption, of this word of power, of this word of supernatural activity. So much so that here we have uh, John, the, the apostle John, writing in, in uh, first, first John chapter 1, verse 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, 
which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us that which we have seen and heard we declare to you. Isn't that what he said to them in John 20? I send you out. That which they have seen and they have heard, they're declaring to us now. That we now... Through, through hearing of their report, of their testimony of truth, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. How a true fellowship with the Father is found, found in this fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the Word of God. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Why do they read that? The hearing of faith is what brings forth births, births living faith that leads to this fellowship that we have with God the Father and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the ultimate fellowship of the Spirit. Back to Romans 10, 15 now. How shall they preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings a good of good things. Verse 16. But they have not obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by or from hearing and hearing by the word of God. That word by, I looked it up some other time, it says on account of the word of God. On account of the word of God. So today, we have such confidence. We have such confidence of immovability that no matter what we see, that we can call deceptive proof on the outside. We have a living proof within us because we're born again. We have the word of God. Don't lose hold. Don't let go. Don't let go of this living proof. Don't be mesmerized by a thrill here and there and somewhere else. Come back to the reality of that which you already possess, the word of truth. Glory be to God. We're done for today. Thanks for joining us once again. Amen.